Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Welcome to the WFNC Podcast Pepper, where Good Morning Fayetteville with Goldie lives. Buenos dias to you too. Buenos dias. Let us start with the Marvels. You know, they were thinking <laughs> they were thinking maybe seventy-five, eighty million dollars. It didn't happen. It misfired with a forty-seven million dollar opening. Is this the worst that uh, a a Marvel Cinematic University Universe film has done? Absolutely. Oh boy. <laughs> And I want to make it clear, though, that it didn't bomb because it was female-led. You know, when we've got right. three female superheroes. That's not the reason it bombed. It bombed because it's a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Now, did it, it couldn't have helped that they were still on strike, and Brie Larson and the other stars, they could do no press on this, correct? That's right. That's right. They didn't talk to anyone about it. And here's here's my, my main gripe about this one. Two of the characters are from um, Disney TV series, yeah. Marvel series on you know on on Disney Plus, and you can't mix the films with the TV series because there's just too darn many of them. Right. So you know, and most <laughs> people were lost as they watched it. Yeah. Well, it was still number one. Number two was Five Night at Freddy's, made nine mil. Taylor Swift hanging in there at number three with the Errors Tour. Uh, Priscilla Presley biopic. Priscilla makes the top five. It did not on its first week out, so that made almost five million. And then uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. So I know that was a very expensive movie to make. It's now made sixty mil domestically and one hundred thirty-seven million worldwide. Does that even pay for what it costs to make that movie? Nah, but it'll it'll have its day. It'll be up for a lot of awards, a lot yeah. of Oscars. There will be a lot of buzz for it uh, during during awards season, and it will. I I predict that it'll make more after Christmas than it does before Christmas. All right, Lisa Johnson Mandel from At Home and Hollywood dot com. Let's talk about the Hunger Games, the Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Yes. So, if you are a Hunger Games fan like my wife. This is actually a prequel, right? This takes this takes yes. place like sixty years before the Hunger Games. Yes, and you know what? The fans are going to love it. But the thing is, what I love about prequels is that there's no exposition or catch-up montage necessary mm-hmm. at the beginning. You know, right. theater goers can enjoy it even if they've never read a Hunger Games book or seen any of the movies. So this is this is this is a pretty clever film. Um, it's it's very well made. Um, and I'm going to call it Ballad because The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is really a mouthful for a title. Right, right. But it tells the story of how Coriolanus Snow comes of age. And um, he was played by Donald Sutherland in the right. movies. In the, you know, and so he was, but this tells of, of, yeah, him coming of age. And he does that by coaching a beautiful Hunger Games competitor called Lucy Gray. And that's Rachel Ziegler from West Side Story, who has ah, a wonderful voice. I thought she looked secret, familiar. Yeah, yeah. Her secret weapon is her voice. 
And so you also see fun appearances from Peter Dinklage and Jason's, Jason Schwartzman and best of all, Viola Davis. Oh, she is over the top mm-hmm. and great in this movie. You've probably seen her on a million talk shows. Um, but one thing, don't look for nonstop action at two and a half hours. Feels a little, little long, a little slow. But um, anyway, no, you can enjoy it with your wife. I read all the books, too. And so I, I got all the tips on what's coming and what that's a reference to. But you can still enjoy the film without that. It's got, so, a, uh, it's got a 63 on the tomato meter. You surprised at uh, the low number? Yeah, I kind of am, but for, you know, it's two and a half hours long, right. and it's hard to get people who aren't Hunger Games fans to sit through a two and a half hour movie. So, um, yeah, what uh, what doesn't surprise me is the ninety percent audience score. Yeah, I <laughs> I didn't see that, but uh, so Hunger Games, the prequel. If and you know who you are. If you love the Hunger Games, if you love the books, if you love the movies, I assume you will enjoy this prequel. Yeah, but you can get a date to go, and they won't think it's a total waste of time. All right, there you go. <laughs> Talking with Lisa Johnson Mandel, Trolls Band Together. So you got Andrea, Anna Kendrick, Justin Timberlake, Camilla Cabello, uh, Sync. we all know, reunited on the song Better Place for the soundtrack. It's got a 60 on the tomato meter. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's a smart film, and then it's made for both kids and their parents. Because the Trolls is definitely a kid franchise, but the fact that it's about one of the main characters, Branch, who's voiced by Justin Timberlake, he's finding out he was once a part of a 90s-style boy band of <laughs> brothers. And uh, so the adults get to live that time, the parents get to relive that time, you know, with, you know, bad hair and bright clothes. Yeah. And and um, and it's so that's really going to tickle the parents. And it's bright and it's dazzling, and it works really hard to make jokes about the cultural zeitgeist, both past and present so kids are going to love it too so it's 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 just smart is it a great film well (laughs) it's trolls okay Uh, i tell you what though i'm looking at the cast and keenan thompson rupaul zoe de chanel uh david diggs we mentioned uh, justin timberlake and anna kendrick uh amy schumer is the voice of velvet so it's a pretty good voice cast Oh, yeah, they've got a really good voice cast, and it's a smart voice cast. You know, it's people that are appealing to a lot of different people in a lot of different ages and definitely part of, you know, current culture right now. So um, I think one of its best virtues has to be the fact that it's only an hour and a half long. <laughs> that's, that's right up my alley. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> Finally, the last movie that's opening this weekend is actually the highest-rated movie on the tomato meter. It is called Thanksgiving. <laughs> It features a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer named John Carver. <laughs> okay. Isn't that great? And it stars the people's sexiest man of the year, Patrick Dempsey. I, how did he get on that list? Uh, because That's it's, because it's, it's 1990 all over again. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah, and this proves it. Now, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see Thanksgiving, um, but it, it, it looks kind of fun to me. I mean, yes, it's a horror movie, but it looks kind of fun, and it is the highest rated of all the films opening today, 88. Um, it's um, it's about a modern it's mo- about modern day Plymouth. Um, it's terrorized by a mean pilgrim, <laughs> and he comes to life somehow after a Black Friday riot that happened several years ago. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, and you watch the trailer, and it looks kind of tongue-in-cheek and kind of funny, you know, making fun of Thanksgiving traditions and the fact that he uses Thanksgiving cooking utensils to kill people. <laughs> oh, boy. And, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to kill you with a spatula. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that meat tenderizer is pretty yeah. brutal, oh, though, boy. you know, and, of course, the carving knives. So, um, it's yeah, my, my colleagues say that it's it's kind of clever, and there are a lot of good jump scares in it. So, if you're in for a horror movie over the Thanksgiving weekend, well... There you go, Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, we will not be on next Friday because of the holiday, so I know that you have already seen Maestro with Bradley Cooper as Leonard Bernstein, which is opening next Friday. Are you allowed to talk about it yet, or are you embargoed? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, I can talk about it. It is... An amazing wow. film. One of my favorite films of the year. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is definitely one of the best films of the year. Maybe I could say one of the best films of the decade. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've already seen I've already seen I think my my four favorite films of the year. There's still some I have to see and I can't talk about most of them, but this one I can and this is among them. It is fantastic. Does Bradley Cooper look like I mean if you were looking at Bradley Cooper, would you say, Oh my god, that's Leonard Bernstein? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Wow. And this is this is coming from people who know him and also from his children who hmm. are about our age now, right. you know. And they were involved in this film every step of the way. I mean, they saw the dailies as it was being made and they were they were really impressed with how they made him look like their dad, hmm. with how he portrayed their dad. Um they're very much behind this story, which is not a really flattering story when it comes right yeah. down to it. It's not your typical um, biopic of a great artist. It's it's not at all. But boy, is it compelling and beautiful. The way they used his music in the score is just it's it's just I've I've never seen anything like it. It's I, uh, really I imagine amazing. there's a good chunk of West Side Story in there. I would imagine. You know, yeah. There's there's oh my gosh. There's some. Some parts where they use some music cues from West Side Story that will just really have you laughing. Cool. Um, yeah, if you know the music and if you know if you know Bernstein's background and his music, you will you will not you will just be enraptured by the score. Also opening next Friday is Ridley Scott's Napoleon with Joaquin oh. with Joaquin Phoenix. It's not getting great buzz. You know, <laughs> I, I I have seen that one too, yeah. and it is. <laughs> Phenomenal! It's on my list of best movies of you the year. You know, get really out of here! Surprises me. Yeah, this really surprises me because I'm not a big Ridley Scott fan, as you know. Right? Wow. <laughs> but yeah, he's done a great job with that, and Joaquin Phoenix is so compelling. And you know, Napoleon was a weird guy, <laughs> <laughs> and we get to see that, and we get to see his his battle expertise and everything. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of that one. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. It's always football season, wherever you listen. Before we run out of time here with Lisa Johnson Mandel from at home and here are the best Thanksgiving movies, and I don't even know who ranked these, but I'll just run through them. Number 10, 1995's Home for the Holidays. 
Number nine was 1992's Scent of a Woman. Thanksgiving movie, Scent of a Woman? Go figure. All right, who are? Yeah. Uh, The Humans was number eight. You've Got Mail was number seven. Spider-Man made the list at number six. A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving was five. The Ice Storm was four. Miracle on 34th Street was number three. See, I would have thought this would have been number one. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was number two. Number one, LJM, Adam's Family Values, the best Thanksgiving movie. Oh, my gosh. I don't even remember the Thanksgiving scene. Me either. I have no no idea. But there you go. Hey, we got about 30 seconds left here. I know now that the strike is over, CBS has announced when their shows are coming back, it looks like NCIS, those shows will be back uh, mid-February. And ABC just announced Grey's Anatomy, Abbott Elementary, The Bachelor, they're all coming back. Grey's Anatomy, not back till March. So things are starting to get going again in Hollywood, right? Thank heavens, yes. (laughs) The wheels are turning slowly, but at least they're turning. All right. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, and the next time we speak, it will be on December 1st. It will be my very last show, and I will end it all, 45 years on the radio, I will end it all with Lisa Johnson Mandel. Please just don't say end it all. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is the WFNC Podcast Pepper, and listen to Good Morning Fayetteville with Goldie live every weekday morning at 6 on News Talk 640 WFNC. Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.